0: Breaking news. Elon Musk is no longer buying Twitter. Wait, did I read that right? No, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Wait, no. You know what, guys? We don't have any idea. The news keeps changing, but we're going to talk about it today on Zach's Fact Shack. Hello, and welcome back to zach 's fact Shack. This is your host zach it 's so good i 'm so glad to see you guys back. I am officially done with the extra work at work. It was awesome. If you know what i 'm talking about you're you're doing good We basically we built a new stage new design it was awesome. Put a lot of work into that. Really loved how it turned out. Got a couple of things we're going to do to it to kind of just, you know, sweeten that deal. You know what I mean? We're just going to do a couple of extra things. But so far, it seems like everybody loves it. Really glad about that. But we're done with all of that chaos, which means I get to be back with you guys. And you know what? That's really the place that we all want to be, right? You, you want to be here. I want to be with you. And you know what? I think your friends want to be here too. I, I don't I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think your friends want to be here too. And the best place for you to be able to get your friends to be able to be here is to go to Zach's Fact shack.com where they can follow the links to their favorite podcast player. They can listen right on the site. It's all right there. It's also where you can help support this podcast. I love doing this. It's, it's incredibly uh, uh, enjoy enjoyable for me, but If you want to support me, ZachFactShack.com is the place where you can do that. I'm not expecting it, but you guys asked for it, so I put it there for you to have that shot. Now, I have heard from a few people that have been listening to the show. They've been loving it. Not as much has been going on lately with this, with politics, at least not as much as I want to get into anyway. But there is one story I really wanted to get into. So I have now said everything that I have to say. Let's get in to the first story. So unless you've been living under a rock, you have to be aware of the whole Elon Musk and Twitter thing. So let me explain what I mean by that. So with Twitter... It had no desire to be purchased at all. In comes Elon Musk and says, hey, I'll buy you for $44 billion, which was well over the market value of the business, which is already, in all honesty, it's already overvalued in the stocks anyway. He comes in and decides he wants to pay over that at $44 billion. And at first they stonewalled and said, no, we're not going to do it. No, no, no. And then finally they caved because their stockholders were like, dude, we're going to get so much money from this buyout. Do it. Just shut up and do it. So the deal goes forward and the board decides at Twitter, yes, we will take the deal. And then problems begin to show up. And Musk has been knocking Twitter this whole time while on Twitter. But what he's into, what he's doing is, he, his contention is that there are not as many people on Twitter as Twitter claims. And the way that the reason he's saying this is that there's such a thing as bots. Uh, if you've ever been on Twitter, you've encountered at least one or two of these things, and they're super annoying. What they do is on a larger account that has a lot of comments, a lot of interaction. These computer Computers will, you know, these accounts that have been created with for these computers will go and spam the comments and the replies and the tweets or the retweets of these accounts with scams, with um, weird memes. Like it, 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 it really does vary as wide as your imagination on what these bots will do, but they're not real accounts. They're entirely fake. Many, uh, 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 many of them are even used as uh, to, to drum up extra traction and interaction for certain accounts. Where it's you know, it, if you turn if the bots weren't there, you, those accounts don't have as much traction, so they wouldn't be as popular in the um, algorithm as they are. They wouldn't show up in trending. So. What Musk is saying, what his argument is, is that the idea that he wants to buy a company with—I think they're—they're they're estimating where 400 million people are on Twitter—that he, if he, he wants to buy a company that has three or four hundred million people on Twitter. Now, Twitter claims that around five percent of their of their users are bots, so not real. Now. I don't know if you've ever tried to do math really quick. I, I have attempted it, and I don't usually get it right. But out of 300 million users, that would be about 15 million bots. That's still a lot of robots. A lot of thing, a lot of accounts that aren't going to invest in the, uh, advertisers, businesses, things like that. They're not making money. So there's, there's not, they're not profitable. So he is, Musk decided that he wanted Twitter to release documents to him, proving how they came to the idea of 5% bots, 5% of their accounts being bots. And Twitter said, you know what, we'll let you eat the cake, but you don't get to see how what ingredients we put in the cake. Now, if you've ever been on Twitter, or if you've ever been on TikTok, there is a there is a, a guy who he takes videos of people cooking and making horrible, horrible decisions. I mean, just absolutely terrible. And you know what? Let let me actually let me let me sh- let me let you listen to one of them, and you'll understand what I mean. Here's a tip: use your used diapers to scoop up the grease. You can't eat at everybody's house. Oh, you can't eat at everybody's house. Y'all see that? She need to quit. Cause you can't eat. At everybody's house. Absolutely not. See what I mean? Sometimes you just need to know what's going in the cooking. Twitter says that Elon Musk has no right to know what's going to the cake. He just gets to have the cake, and that's just the way it is. Elon says that that's not the way it's going to be. He needs to know what's in there. So he has decided that now he is going to pull out of the deal, and it's, that's just the way it's going to be. He's quitting. He's like, I'm out. Pace. You're on your own, folks. Get out of here. The, but here's the thing. This is coming from Insider. Let me, let me read to you what Insider is saying is going to happen in the, the three possibilities. So it begins. Elon Musk may be trying to walk away from his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter, but the saga is far from over. You, you, you ain't kidding. First, Backing out isn't that simple. The terms of the deal require musk to pay a one billion dollar that's with a b not m a b termination fee a fee that musk doesn't think he should have to pay then Twitter apparently still wants the deal to close. I mean, yeah, they're getting like twice the market value. Why would they not want that to close? the company hired a major law firm to sue Musk and the board has said in a statement that it was quote committed to closing the transaction at the price and terms agreed upon. All of that means that Musk and Twitter will have to gear up for what's sure to be a legal battle Royale. One with at least three possible outcomes. Number one, A letter sent from Musk's lawyers argues. Let me start that again. I completely missed. Number one, Musk wins. That's the first option. A letter sent from Musk's lawyers argues that Twitter failed to comply with its contractual obligations to disclose how many fake accounts there are on Twitter's platform. The letter accuses Twitter of ignoring or outright refusing Musk's request for information about Twitter's users and its business practices and of making false and misleading representations about the number of bots there are on Twitter. Three legal experts told Insider that Musk's triumph in court is one of the least likely outcomes to the court battle. Musk's best argument is a tough one. University of Michigan Ross School of Business professor Eric Gordon told Insider, He can't win on anything in the actual acquisition agreement because it doesn't leave room for many loopholes. Gordon said Musk's best opportunity could be to argue for fraud, which would mean he would have to show that Twitter not only deliberately misrepresented the number of bots on its platform to his detriment, but that he had good reason to enter the agreement without questioning that data. Ann Lipton, a business law professor at Tulane University Law School, Told Insider, she also didn't think, didn't like Musk's chances. Quote: Unless Elon Musk pulls a rabbit out of a hat, his legal claims are quite weak. Meanwhile, Matteo Gatti, a law professor at Rutgers Law School, told Insider that if a judge sides with Musk, he would walk away from the deal scot free without having to buy Twitter or pay the billion-dollar fee. So, at first glance, this seems like it is the absolute best option for musk if he can win this he's out scot-free like the deal never even happened he just walks away doesn't worry about it it is what it is this would not be amazing for most people because let, let's face it twitter has become pretty much the the the, the town square of our society it, it, What mean by uh, that it used to be that you could go to the town square and you could state anything with that wasn't illegal to say. Um, So you couldn't falsely claim the cry fire in a crowded theater, right? You couldn't do that if it wasn't true because it would cause physical harm to people. You, you can't threaten people. You know, you can't, there are certain things you couldn't do in the public square, outside of those few things you had freedom of speech you could say whatever you wanted it could be a lie it could be stupid whatever you couldn't defame somebody but you could say what you wanted that that's pretty much what you could do in the in the physical town square in our society the, the physical town square has transitioned in our uh, online society to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and tiktok these are the these are the places where we have our town squares and what's happening is that these town squares opened up and began their business saying that they were just that town squares that you could say whatever you wanted that you could meet anybody you wanted you could you could openly speak the, what you thought to be the truth and you could have open and rigorous debates and that's what that's what it was But now, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the rest of them have determined that that's no longer what they want to do. They do not want to be the open and free market of ideas of the the quote-unquote town square. Instead, they want to be the market of their own ideas. And if you don't speak, what they agree with, then they will take you down. That is why Musk, it's one of the reasons that Musk decided he wanted to buy Twitter because he wanted to have the chance to actually let it be a free market system again. That if you had a good argument, you had a good idea that that would continue and grow and change people's minds and you would follow that and you would go and you'd find the truth not what somebody wanted to be the truth. That's why, that is what the right hopes will happen if Musk does get Twitter, that he'll open it back up to the free trade of ideas. We don't know if that's what he's going to do or not. What we do know is that it's a possibility and that if he doesn't buy Twitter, that it's definitely not going to happen and the conservatives will continue to be pushed out and onto the edge of all the platforms and the, the idea that the ideas that the, that the right espouses will become less and less heard less and less listened to that, That's what the right is concerned about. The, the, the right wants to have all of the ideas out there argue, make your best case. They want everybody to be able to hear the truth or hear what hear these arguments and discern the truth on their own. That's what the right wants. The left seemingly doesn't want things that they don't want said to be allowed to be said. They want legally that whatever offends them or whatever is not what they have deemed quote good speech they they think that, that is that nothing else can be said. That how could any sane person not believe that what I believe, you're so offensive and hateful. And and that's just not reality. Reality is is that most people view the world vastly differently than everyone else. We just come to this from our own vantage points, our own life experiences. We look at the world differently. So that was the hope of what Elon Musk would allow, is that he would take over Twitter. He would open it back up to the free market and let people say what they wanted to say, outside of what's already illegal, that's the that would that would be good. That's what will, will, that would but that won't happen if Musk wins this lawsuit. So let's look at the other option. Number two, Twitter does win. This is back from we're going back to Insider. Twitter is Twitter is in a stronger position to win in court. Several experts experts said. But the company has reasons not to prolong a legal battle, including the health of its business, whose stock price could suffer further in a prolonged court battle. Quote, it's going to get pretty tricky pretty fast for Twitter, said John McClain, a portfolio manager at Brandywine Global Investment Management. There's a reasonable likelihood that in litigation, Twitter is forced to disclose information that could further negatively impact its stock price. Twitter had fallen nearly 10% on Monday alone. Trading was around $33.20 a share, far less than the $54.20 a share Musk had put on the table. The longer this saga drags out, the worse it is for Twitter, Gotti said. There are two possible outcomes. If Twitter wins in court, Gotti said, one is a settlement, which would see Musk paying the $1 billion fee and then some. Two is Musk is forced to buy the company at the original price. Quote, "damages are probably the better course of action for the company's perspective" and not Alan Beck, a law professor at Case Western Reserve University told insider by email. I'm going to go ahead and say I hope that I pronounced that correctly. I do apologize if I didn't. I've never heard the name pronounced That was my best attempt. I am sorry if it was wrong. We continue. We know about the $1 billion, but it's entirely possible that Twitter could get even more for all the damages Musk caused the company. Gordon echoed that Twitter is unlikely to let Musk walk away without paying substantially more than a $1 billion breakup fee. The company would be unable to prove it had done its Fiduciary duty, if it allowed Musk to walk away after paying less than 2.5% of the entire value of the deal, he said. So that would be interesting. So if Twitter wins the lawsuit, there's two possible options. They Musk has to pay at minimum $1 billion. And according to Insider, these, these law experts that Insider interviewed believe that it is far more likely that, tw- that if he doesn't have to buy Twitter all- at all, he will have to pay substantially more than $1 billion, basically in damages for what he, uh, almost a defamation type thing in the, the, the harm that he's done to the company. He has to re- uh, uh, pay restitution for that. That's what they're saying. Or the judge can say, nope, you signed on the dotted line. You said, I will buy the company for this amount. That's what you're going to pay. Move on. Get out of my court. We don't know if that's going to happen. If that case does happen, again, we go back to the whole idea of what people are hoping will happen and that that is that Musk will open up Twitter and allow the free trade of ideas once again. Excuse me. Once again. So, again, we don't know if that's going to happen. So, the second worst thing that would happen for us would be that musk loses but he doesn't buy the company but he has to pay a bunch a bunch of money the other option would be best for all the twitter users is that he gets to buy twitter and that that is it the 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 deal is just done here's the third scenario they reach an agreement a settlement of price neg- or price con- negotiation could be the most favorable resolution for both parties in a court battle that could take as long as three years, experts said. Proceedings will be held in Delaware Chancery Court because Twitter is domiciled there. I uh, I don't know. I'm guessing that means that that's where they're headquartered at is in Delaware, but I'm not sure. As are many U.S. companies because of the state's laws that are seen as corporation friendly. Twitter has a strong case, Gordon said. They have a strong contract, but you never know what will happen in court. Because of that uncertainty, Twitter might very well agree to be purchased for a lower price than had been agreed, Gordon said. A similar situation occurred in 2020 when the jeweler Tiffany & Co. agreed to sell the French luxury goods conglomerate LVMH for a reduced price of sixteen billion, a four hundred and twenty-five million dollar discount, the renegotiated price is likely to be a major point pain point. However, Angelo Zeno, Angel, yeah, Angelo Zeno, an analyst at CFRA Research, said Musk would likely want to slash at least twenty percent off the deal, a cost cut that Twitter is unlikely to go for. Right now, they. They can't risk taking a settlement that wouldn't be defensible in court, Gordon said, noting Twitter is likely to face a slew of shareholder lawsuits in the wake of its battle with Musk. The existing contract is so strongly favorable to Twitter that they can't give a discount greater than 5 to 10 percent. Ultimately, Musk is a wild card. Legally, this isn't a hard case, Lipton said. Most cases of this sort have a much stronger argument, but Elon Musk is always an X factor. So here's the deal. Many people think that Elon Musk is playing 4D chess in this scenario. Now, if you've never heard the term, 4D chess simply means that he he is leaps and bounds of everybody else. So if you've ever played chess, chess is hard enough on its own. It's not for the faint of heart. I can't play it very well. I'm terrible at it. But my dad kills at it. He loves chess. I don't. I just avoid it like the plague. So, that's just regular chess though. Regular chess is you move front forward or backwards, left, right, or diagonally. 4D chess is far more complicated. It's all over the place. You have different levels of of things happening. It's it's just chaos. And the term comes about to to show the idea that this person is so smart, they're thinking so far ahead, they're playing 4D chess. So the idea is this. Elon Musk simply wanted information. He wanted the information that said whether or not he was getting a good deal. Was it 5% of the the users on Twitter are bots? Or is it what he claims is closer to 25%? It's a big deal right? That's that's a huge deal. So which one of those is correct? They wouldn't give him that information. They would not give him the information that they used to prove to themselves that it was a, that it's just 5%. So he's, he's like, all right, I'm done. I walk away. Well, Twitter then sues. Like what happens when you sue? When you sue someone, they have right of discovery, meaning that they get to ask for everything and you have to give it to them. So this information that Twitter would not give to Elon Musk, guess what? Twitter will now have to give it to Elon Musk. He wins in that case. He will get the information. And if it comes out that it's not it's not close to five percent. It's twenty five, thirty five, forty, fifty, sixty percent of the of the Twitter users are actually robots. Well, guess what's going to happen then? This is just my imagination. I'm not I'm not a financial expert, but this is what I think would like would likely come come to be, and that is this: the stock market, the stocks will plummet. I mean, absolutely, just fall. Right now they're at thirty percent at thirty dollars. I would I wouldn't be surprised if something if it dropped, if, if it's like that higher number, like sixty percent of our bots, it's just gonna collapse. I mean, absolutely collapse, because that means that they're only 150 million people on the site. Now you gotta think. Facebook, I think the last thing was like two and a half billion people, and it might even be higher than that now. That's a large discrepancy there. And yet Twitter is being valued at 44 billion dollars it doesn't make any sense. So if that happens, Musk might be able to get out of the deal or he might be able to force the hand and say, "Look, this is what the company's actually valued at. I was in good faith negotiating on what you said it was worth and I gave you a little extra to sweeten the pot. But this is ridiculous. The value of the company is less than half of what I pay, what I'm going to pay, that's that's not acceptable." And he might be able to get the, 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 the cost down, which, I mean, if he can, cool. But what I really want to happen, regardless of all of this, I really do want Musk to buy the company. I'm not saying that he's going to be a perfect person. I'm not, going say, I'm not saying that he's going to fix all the ills of the site. But it's one of those things of we already know what Twitter is doing now. Maybe, just maybe, under Musk, it might get better. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But we can hope and we can pray that that is what's going to happen. Because if Twitter can be turned into a free market of ideas, it's going to reveal just how biased everything else is. That's all I want. I want to be able to prove that there are better ideas. I want to be able to reach people with genuine arguments for what what I believe, what we believe. That's what I want to do. That's all I want to do. And if this helps, that's a good thing in my mind. So Joe Biden, in an effort to alleviate the pain that we're feeling at the gas pump, has been releasing oil from our strategic oil reserves. Now, I don't know if you know what that's for. The strategic oil reserve is a reserve that the U.S. government purchases oil for to fill up that is used in times of war uh, and things like that to keep the military operating. So let's say that we go to war with Russia, who is a large uh, exporter of oil, or we go to war with Saudi Arabia or something like that, or with with OPEC countries, and we would no longer be able to get oil from them. We would have a strategic reserve stored up for us to be able to Wage that war. Previous presidents have released oil from that reserve in order to alleviate pain at the pump. But what they haven't done, that I am aware of, and if you if you have information to the contrary, let me know. But what they have not done is release oil from the reserve and uh, promptly sell five million barrels of it overseas. One million barrels of which makes its way into a Chinese corporation's arms, of which your the president's son has ties. That's something I've never seen done. Now, I am only I'm turning 29 today. At the time that you listen to this, at the time this podcast released, is my birthday. I will turn 29. I have never seen this in my 29 years. Now, again, if you have seen something like this, let me know. I would love that information, and I will correct it as soon as I get it from you. But I have never seen that. Let me me read to you what the Daily Mail says. Joe Biden has sold 950,000 barrels of the United States Strategic Petroleum Reserve to a state-owned Chinese firm, which Hunter Biden's private equity firm held a $1.7 billion stake, reports say. Last week it emerged 5 million barrels of oil have been sent abroad after the white house claimed them uh, releasing them would help ease Americans pain at the pumps. Now this is the one thing that Americans and American pumps don't live in France. They don't live in Britain. They don't live anywhere else. The only place that American pumps live is in America. Why are we giving oil from our strategic reserves, which was released trying to ease the price of the gas at the pump, why was 5 million barrels of that oil sent elsewhere? Why? I don't know, but I would love to find out. I would love to be informed of why that is. Let's go back to the article. The president was first slammed when it emerged between a fifth and a sixth of the reserve oil he bragged about releasing to boost supply made its way offshore to Europe and Asia in June. Then on Friday, it further emerged. Some of the oil was shipped to a firm previously connected to the president's son. The 950,000 barrels were sold to Unipec, the trading arm of the China Petrochemical Corporation, better known as Sinopec. Sinopec is also tied to the private equity firm BHR Partners, of which Hunter co-founded in 2013. In 2015, BHR bought a $1.7 billion stake in Sinopec, according to The Federalist. Lawyers for 52-year-old Hunter in November told the New York Times that he no longer holds any interest directly or indirectly in BHR. Yet, the Washington Examiner reported that as recently as March, he was listed as part owner in China's National Credit Information Publicity System. It was possible the records had not been updated, but I don't know about that. Joe Biden authorized the release of a million barrels a day from April onwards. But the release has done little to combat soaring gas prices with the national average sitting at four seventy two as of Friday, still far above the two twenty eight a gallon average from just before he took office. Biden's announcement about releasing oil barrels was made in April and saw him say. Quote, these releases will put more than 1 million barrels per day on the market over the next six months and will help address supply disruptions caused by Putin's further invasion of Ukraine and the price hike that Americans are facing at the pump. But it has had little effect, with a closer look at the press release revealing that the oil released from the Strategic Reserve was always destined for the highest bidder, even even if they were overseas. That is due to strict international rules dictating the sale and supply of oil. Although a regular American who listened to Biden's proclamation in passing would likely have believed that the increase in supply would have been destined for domestic refineries to lower U.S. prices. That's what I was expecting. I'd like to know why our oil that we purchased as taxpayers is going elsewhere. Why is it leaving our shores? That's. Stupid. It makes no sense. According to this, it's because of international laws. I what international laws are we talking about? Why are we not selling our oil to our companies in our nation to go to our refineries, to go to our gas tanks? It's not that complicated in my mind. And you know, I again I'm not an economist. I'm not sitting here telling you I know anything about this. But what I am telling you is that I am mad. I am upset. I think, I think I have a right to be. You're going to lessen our strategic oil reserves and then sell them to other countries. That makes no sense at all. None. Why? Why would we do that? Why would we put ourselves in a position where that could be done? Government officials continue to defend Biden and claim domestic gas prices would be even higher were it not for his release. Maybe they would be. Maybe, maybe so. The gas prices I know where I live has come down some. I couldn't tell you why. I don't know if it's because of the release of the oil or not. But what I do know is it's come down. At one point, I was having to pay over $5 a gallon for gasoline my, my, my Mini Cooper takes premium gasoline, so I got to pay more. I was paying over four, over five dollars a gallon. Now I'm paying four ninety eight a gallon. So it really, really took hold there and brought down those prices. Yay! Look, I I don't understand why this has happened. I think it's I think it's stupid. I think it's wrong. But what I do know is I think that releasing oil and selling it to a corporation that your son has ties to. I think that is absolutely wrong and should not have happened. I think that's as simple as that. Why are we selling oil to arguably one of the single biggest enemies of our country, China? I know everybody's like, well, China makes everything cool. They do. And that needs to stop because China is our biggest threat to our way of life. China is juxtaposed to our way of life and what the freedoms that we hold dear China wants gone. You know, I know that there is a currently, um, an NBA, a WNBA basketball player locked up in Russia. I believe on uh, drug charges. I believe she just pled guilty. Uh, Those charges. I don't know if it was real or if it wasn't. I don't know if she's had a fair trial or what's going on. But what I do know is that this is a person that has mocked our country and said that it's an evil place and a terrible place. And I think she has maybe she's come to understand that America, while it has its faults, is not as bad as it could be. And in fact, is a lot better than most places in the world. I'm not saying that Britain's not a cool place. I'm not saying that France is not a cool place. Do I have any interest to live there? No, I don't. And that's fine. If that's not my country. That's cool. You do you. Have fun. But what I love about this country is the amount of freedoms we proclaim to have. And I I think those those freedoms might be closer to being gone than you would want to think. But those freedoms that we claim to have, no other country claims those. The freedom of speech. No other country has that. They don't. Do they have the freedom to speak and do what they want? For the most part, yes. But they do not have a constitutionally protected right to state their opinions. They don't. In fact, most countries that claim they have free speech actually have quite limited speech. They don't have the right to self-defense. They don't have the right to unreasonable searches and seizures. They don't have the right to not be forced to incriminate themselves. These are all things that our country has almost exclusively. And it's protected in our founding documents. These are all things that China, our number one enemy in the world, wants gone. They would love to be able to take over the U.S. and to impose their philosophy of communism over us. And not just communism, but atheistic communism. Communism where no religion is allowed without their say-so. And their say-so never happens. That's what China wants. China is our number one enemy, and we're selling them oil. We're giving them all of our money for products that I think could be made here. Would they be more expensive? Yes. But they would be independent of China's influence. Now we know that all of the semiconductors, most of them, they're made in Taiwan, and China is desperately trying to get Taiwan to be back as their property. I'm sorry, China, but Taiwan is not yours. It is a free country and you need to leave it alone. Now, I know that's not going to make get me on any of their favorite people's lists, but China is now massing an army near Taiwan in what looks to be like they're getting ready to invade. But here's the deal. If China takes Taiwan... They will then have control over all of the semiconductor production in the world. Now, what I mean by that is that all those chips that we've been having shortages of, all those chips that you need for your computers, for your phones, for your tablets, for your refrigerators, for your cars, all of those would then be made under the watchful eye of China, of the Communist Party in China, to be exact this party of which knows no right to privacy, they would then be able to put, feasibly put things into these chips to allow them to have constant access to anything that you do, including financial passwords, your social security numbers, all, anything that you put into your computer, they would reasonably be able to access. That's a bad idea. That, but that's what I'm talking about. That's what China does. China is not a good country. Not the people of China. The government of China is not a good government. It's really, really bad. And yet we're selling oil to them. We're giving them the business. We've, we have, as a United States, we have almost single-handedly brought China from a poor, terrible uh, third world country to a superpower based off of communism and slavery. That's what we've done. That's wrong. That's bad. That's terrible and shouldn't be happening. Back to the story. We should not be selling oil to, to China, guys. It's not that complicated. If you see that your oil that you're releasing out of our strategic reserve says, hey, a company in China is going to buy this. Don't sell. That's not complicated to me. Seems pretty simple. Maybe I'm missing something, and y'all are welcome to correct me on it. Go ahead and give me that information. Give me the feedback. But this seems pretty cut and dry to me. Don't sell your oil to your enemy. Pretty simple, guys. Don't make it more complicated than that. All right, so that's what I have today. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I did, in all honesty, I really did. I've loved being able to be back with you guys. I can't wait for the next episode. You never know, you might get one on Friday. Maybe not, we'll see. But until then, guys, this has been Zach's Fact Shack, and I'm your host, Zach. I will see you next time. See you later.